0: So for those of you that uh, maybe weren't with us last week and not really sure where we're going, we are going to be in 2 Timothy this whole semester, or most of the semester at least. And uh, last week we talked a little bit of an overview of of what's going on in 2 Timothy and just uh, some of the highlights, I guess, uh, some of the things that are key, some context that is key to uh, where we are going tonight, uh, is that Paul is the one writing Uh, Paul is the one writing 2 Timothy, Uh, he's writing to this guy named Timothy that he um, discipled, that he left um, in charge of this church. Um, If you go to Acts chapter 16, um, in Acts chapter 16 verse 1 it says this, Paul also came to Derbe and Lystra, and a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek, and he was well spoken of by the brethren who were in Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted this man to go with him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those parts, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Uh, and then it goes on to say, you know, the, all this ministry that they do together. And so this is where, a quick snapshot in, in, in Acts 16.1, where, where Paul meets Timothy, and then um, they spend time together. He, he teaches them along the way um, and disciples him. We talked a lot about um, last week, um, what discipleship is, what that word means, um, what it looks like to be a disciple, um, to be a follower of Christ. And we, we talk about putting Jesus first in all things, following Jesus' teachings, and of course in order to do that you have to know his teachings, um, fruitfulness, that you would you would show fruit in your life by abiding in Christ if you are a disciple, that you have love for other disciples, other followers of Christ, and that you would want to make disciples, that you would have a heart that wants to reach people that don't know Jesus. And so those were kind of the basic principles we talked about of discipleship last week. But Paul is a guy who discipled this, this other guy, Timothy. Um, and so he left Timothy in charge of this church in, in, in Ephesus. And so Paul is writing. Paul is in prison at the time that he is writing this. And, and Paul also knows that he is going to, die, he's going to die soon. And so it's important in the context of, 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 of what Paul is writing that you know those things um, that he is writing to Timothy from prison where he's going to die soon. And you also need to know that it is a dangerous time to be a follower of Christ. Um, being a follower of Christ at that time could get you killed. Um, and so lots of people, Paul says, um, lots of people started to fall away. They didn't want to let people know that they knew Paul because everybody knew why Paul was in prison. It was for preaching Christ. And so those people that were uh, spending time with him before slowly kind of backed off, and those people that were maybe preaching the gospel boldly before backed off of that as well. And so it's, it's, a, it's a dangerous time to be a follower of Christ. So you need to kind of get all of that as we go into Second um, Timothy here. We're going to be in the first seven verses of Second Timothy. So if you want to turn to Second Timothy, there's, there's Bibles there in front of you. Second um, Timothy is near the end. You can look, up, look it up in the index there. Um, there's no shame in that. Uh, 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 7. uh, We're in chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Um, I'll read through it and then we'll kind of walk through each verse individually. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience. As I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, as I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and And, self-control. And as we go through all these verses individually, Really, I feel like the push of this whole section here is verse 6, that I remind you to fan into flame. Uh, some other versions say kindle afresh. Some other versions say um, fan the flames. Um, feeding this flame um, the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. And and, and basically, Paul is just saying there that he, it's not that he gave Timothy this gift. He was there, and he was present um, and he was laying hands on Timothy probably in that process, but doesn't mean that he is the one that gave this gift as a gift of God. Um, and I think that's twofold. It's really, some of it has to do with, uh, with Timothy. Timothy is just his faith in Christ and, and, and pursuing that and living for him. And then maybe a little bit more specifically, the, the gifts, the spiritual gifts that we would say that God has blessed Timothy with, um, these spiritual gifts that he has given him. And so... Um, as we read through all these verses, that's really the main context, that what Paul is trying to do, I think, not only in these verses, but probably in all of 2 Timothy, is that his hope and his prayer is that, that Timothy would continue to fan into flame these things that God started in his life. And, and I love that illustration, we'll go into it in a, a little bit later, but that he would continue to do that, um, he would continue to fan into flame this thing that was started in him, um, and so... Uh, well, let me, John, will you go ahead and throw that picture up there for me? Uh, so, so like a fire, right? That everybody knows that's ever been around a fire, ever made a fire, that, that it takes, you, you have to have something that will burn, right? You have to have something that will burn that will keep that thing going. And, and the tendency of any fire, the tendency of every fire, no matter how big, no matter how small, the tendency of every fire is to go out. The tendency of every fire is to go out, and so you have to continue to feed it, right? You have to continue to feed those flames in order for it to... In order for those flames to stay, you have to continue to feed it. More wood, more wood, more wood, more wood, right? And if you stop that, and you don't feed it at all, it will go out. And so, this is what, what Paul is pointing to as, he, as he's giving this illustration in verse 6. And what I think is really the, the push of all, all of 2 Timothy in some ways... That, that Timothy would continue on, no matter what is going on around him, that he would continue feeding this fire that God has placed inside him. And so my prayer as, I, as, I, as I'm preparing this, my prayer for you, for you as leaders, for you as students, is the same thing for myself, is that I would continue to feed this fire that God has started in my heart, um, and I would continue to feed it and feed it and feed it so it would continue to grow. And I wouldn't ignore it, and I wouldn't just let it go, because if I do that, then it will die out. And, and, and Paul's going to do some specific things, some very intentional things, I think, to help make this happen. Uh, we'll start back up in first, verses 1 and 2. Uh, first, a little bit about Paul. It goes into, um, Paul says uh, he's an apostle of Christ Jesus. Apostle can mean, apostle in this way, uh, Basically, if, you, if you're an apostle, what separated the apostles from disciples, right, from any other follower of Christ, what, why they had this term apostle, um, three, three, quali- three qualifications for an apostle. They saw the resurrected Jesus Christ. They saw Jesus after he rose from the dead. They physically saw him. Um, they were chosen specifically by God, specifically by the Holy Spirit, and then they were able to perform signs or, or miracles or wonders. They were able to perform miracles. They saw the resurrected Jesus, and they were... Um, appointed by God, by the Holy Spirit. And really, these men, their purpose was to lay the foundation of the church. Apostle in general, like that, just that term, what that means, what that word means, is one who is sent out. So in general, we are all apostles in that way, right? That we are all sent out by God to represent Him. That we are all, as believers, sent out to represent God. But these guys in particular, the reason for that, what some people would say, that office, that title, um, is because of those three, three qualifications. And so Paul is one of those. Uh, he's an apostle of Christ Jesus, and he says, by the will of God. This isn't just something that he chose. God chose this for him. By the will of God, Paul was chosen, and he was sent out by God. Again, if we use that term generally, even for us, as if you are a believer, if you've trusted in Christ, then you have been sent out with a purpose, by God, by the will of God, um, for a reason. And he goes on to say what that reason is at the, at the end of verse 1. He says, according to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. According to the promise of the life that is in Christ Jesus. This is his purpose. This is Paul's purpose not just for Timothy. This is Paul's purpose in everything that he did after he, after he met Christ on that road, and, and, and he was blinded by Jesus and his life changed forever. After that happened, this was the purpose of his life for the rest of his life. He wanted to bring people life. Paul wanted wherever he went to be somebody that brought people life, and that's twofold meaning. Abundant life now, that's what Scripture talks about in different places, especially John 10:10, that, that Christ came so that we could have life to the fullest, that we would not just be living and alive and have a heartbeat but that you would, have a, you would have a purpose in this life. And so that's one thing that Christ promises, right? That, that we have abundant life now on this earth. And the other thing, the other life that, that Paul is trying to bring to the people that he spends time with and tells them uh, about Jesus is eternal life in Christ. So that once I die, I'm still going to be living forever with, with Christ. So abundant life here now on this earth and eternal life with Christ forever. That's what Paul was about. That's what he's trying to, I think, very intentionally. We can skip over these. These introductions are in a lot of these letters, right? And Paul just kind of says who he is and what he's, what he's doing. Uh, and you can really quickly read over these things, but there's so much truth even in these little introductions. That The whole point of Paul's life, that hopefully the whole point of our lives as believers is to bring other people life. One of the things that is the most frustrating to me is when, I, when, I, when I look at other people, whether it's other leaders that I get to spend time with, students that I get to watch, um, and I see you living life halfway of what it actually could be, and it doesn't make me mad at you, it doesn't make me, uh, it, just, it, makes me it makes me sad, it makes me frustrated, because I know you could live for so much better, because I, I've done the same thing in my life. I live for things that didn't matter, and I live halfway for a long, long time without living for Christ. And that's where I find, the where everybody finds the most life is living for him. And so when I watch people that aren't doing that, and time and time again who I know have heard the truth, have heard the truth, have heard the truth, it breaks my heart to see people that would would live for for things other than Christ. Because I'm not fully alive until this is what I'm living for. And so Paul is somebody who wants to bring that, he wants to bring that to all the people that he is around, but he's also speaking this to, remember, in, in all of this, Paul's not just, not just talking just for the sake of talking, he's also, this is a guy that he disciples, right? This is a guy that he spent lots of time with, and you'll see this as we go through it. Um, this is a guy that he is, he knows he's, a, knows knows he's about to die, and so these are very important things that he wants to pass on to this guy that he spent so much time with, One of those being, like, this is what, just reminding, I feel like in some ways he's reminding Timothy, this is what life is all about. This is what you should be pursuing above everything else, is this promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. That's what we're here for. That's what all of us are here for. We get so clouded and distracted by all these other things in your life, but but when you boil it down, this is all that really matters, is, is the promise of life that we can find life in Christ Jesus. That's what is... That's why we're here. And he's writing to Timothy, and he calls Timothy my beloved child. He says, "My beloved child, you don't just, you don't just go around calling everybody your beloved child. If so, you're, I mean, you just got a ton of emotion, uh, a ton of emotion, or you're just really, really weird, you know." Uh, but but this is this is one of the one of the places that we see that that Paul is. You, you begin to see this relationship between Paul and Timothy. He calls him his beloved son his beloved child, his dearly loved child, and, and really looking at it like that, like that kind of relationship, that kind of closeness, that he spent so much time with Timothy, and he has invested so much in Timothy and, and, and shared so much truth with Timothy and, and, and wanted, to, uh, wanted to pass on all these things to Timothy in the time that he spent. It's like a father and, and, and a son in Paul's mind. I'm going to go years with my kids, right, hopefully, that... That, that I get to keep speaking truth to them. There's, there's, there's nothing like that. Like they, they will grow up in my house and they will hear these things all the time and I will get years with them. Paul is, is, is treating this in the same kind of way that, that he looks at Timothy like, like his son. He's, he's invested so much in him. And so just like I invest in my son, uh, if, if Owen does something that I know is not the best for him, it hurts my heart so much. Because I know he's heard the truth. I know he's seen truth. I know he's been around truth. But there's times now, and there'll be times when he's your age, that he does things that, that aren't living for the truth. I know that. But it's going to pain me. It's going to hurt me. It's going to hurt my heart when I have to watch that, because I've spent so much time saying that this is the best thing to invest in. And when, he's, when he invests in these other things instead, it's going to break my heart. And so... Um, this is the kind of relationship that Paul is trying to say that he has with Timothy. He looks at him like a son that he's spent all these hours with, done all this ministry with, have, have, have done all these things together, and he wishes and he hopes the best of God for him. He says, grace and mercy and peace from God our Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. He hopes all those things for, for Timothy. And so really, I think at the beginning of these first two verses, he, Paul, Paul is showing Timothy... And reminding Timothy of his purpose, like living for Christ and, and, and preaching that to other people is what matters more than anything else. Then, uh, then in these next uh, two verses, verses three and four, he's showing Timothy how much he cares. Uh, and again, I think he's doing all these things very intentionally to, to fan into flame, to feed this fire in Timothy, Hopefully. And so you leaders, as you think about the students that you lead, think about the progression of what we're going through here, of of what Paul is doing in Timothy's life. Um, For you students, as you begin to think about leading other people, and hopefully are leading some other people, think about what Paul is doing and how intentionally he's doing these things. First he tells Timothy, the purpose is Christ, above all else. Then he also reminds him how much he cares about Timothy in in verses 3 through 4. He says, I thank God whom I serve As did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. So Paul, who has been following God faithfully, he he thanks God for Timothy. It says he constantly remembers Timothy in his prayers night and day. Not just daily, but like multiple times in his day. He thinks about and prays for Timothy. Timothy. So again, think about that in the context of the people that you lead, or hopefully may, even the people that are leading you, if you're wanting to find people to lead you, that you would have people that would be praying for you regularly. Paul is letting Timothy know that, that in all of his prayers, he always thinks about and prays for Timothy. It says that he longs to see Timothy. It doesn't say like, well, maybe we'll catch up again one time, you know. He says, I, I long to see you again. I long to see you, Timothy. And, and he says, if he saw Timothy, if they, if they do get the chance to get together again, that just seeing him will fill him with joy. And so this isn't just some person, like, right? This isn't just some random guy. This is somebody, they, these two are deeply connected. And it says, I recall your tears. Uh, it says, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. So at some point, when they were together, that, 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 that Timothy had been crying with Paul. And he remembers that. that You don't just cry around anybody, unless you're me. Uh, but you don't just cry around anybody, right? And, and so he... There's this deep connection between the two of them. You'll continue to see it as we go throughout 2 Timothy. Paul's reminding Timothy how much he cares about, them, about him. How much their relationship is a deep one. And it's not this, just this superficial thing. He's showing... Paul how much he cares so the people that you lead think about that show them how much you care remind them of their purpose in Christ show them how much you care and I think he he takes it the next step in in verse five and he says I'm reminded of your sincere faith a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice and now I'm sure dwells in you as well He, he points Timothy back to the roots of his faith and he's pointing him back to remember when all this started. And all this for Timothy started even before Paul came along. It started in his house. The way that he watched his grandma and the way that he watched his mom. And those two women had a huge impact. They're, they're named by name in here for a reason. Because they had a huge impact in Timothy's faith. He watched these other people in his, in his household. And his faith started There. And Paul is pointing Timothy back to say, remember when your faith started, remember that. So many times in my own life, it is easy. The longer, and you will see this, the longer that you've been a believer, right, the longer that you've trusted in Christ and you find your identity in Him, this challenge gets harder and harder to think back to when Christ changed your life. The longer you live in Christ and live for Christ, there's this new challenge that comes up and it's really this battle of oftentimes I get into this mindset where I, where I think I have it all together. And all the other people around me, they're the ones that don't have it together, and I can't believe they're being such idiots when I have it all together and I know what I'm doing and I know what to live for, but they can't even do this. Like, they're, they're just being idiots, right? And I forget how big of an idiot I was in my life at one point. Not knowing Christ, but even knowing Christ and running away from Him. And I have to be reminded constantly of what Christ has done in me and so as we lead other people, think about that in your own life and push them to that as well. Think about what Christ has done in you already. Think about the beginning of your faith. Think about uh, where you've come from in all of this. Spend time to dwell on that. Remember who you are. And then this verse, this verse six that I think is, is really the biggest part of all of this in this first section. For this reason I remind you to fan and to flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying of my hands. And so, again, kindle this fire, fan into flame, stir it up, keep it burning, keep ablaze the gift of God which is in you. Like I said before, the tendency of fire is to go out no matter how big it is. For the first time ever this year, uh, I finally, we finally went as a family to uh, the homecoming bonfire, right, at SFA. Uh, it's probably the biggest in person fire I've ever seen in my life, and it's pretty impressive. Uh, I know all people who've ever been to the Aggie one say, "Oh, it's not impressive at all." Whatever, it's a huge stinking fire. Okay, uh, it's the biggest fire that I've ever seen, and it's it's gigantic. But but even that one, right? It has all this fuel in it, all this wood in it at first. But it, eventually, that burns out, and if you don't feed that, then it then it dies, right? So. It, it doesn't matter how big the fire is. It doesn't matter, like, the biggest camp high that you could possibly get. And that's, that, those things are great. Camp, retreats, um, all those things are, are, are great. And they're great in stirring up fire inside of us. But if you don't continue to feed that, then it will just die out. And I know I've said this before, but if you think about the, just the principles of those kind of events, here's what happens, right? We take away all the distractions that you normally have. And you put in all this truth, whether it's people teaching scripture or it's worship that's all about truth, right? You put in all this truth. You just keep plugging in truth and you, and you take away all the distractions. And you do that for a weekend long. And you better, you better have a fire inside you that's huge if you're really focusing on what's happening, right? But why? Because you're, you're constantly feeding that fire throughout the whole week and you're feeding it and you're feeding it and you're feeding it and you're not throwing water on it with all these other distractions, right? But then you get back into this lifestyle, into normal daily life, and, and, and you stop feeding it yourself. You're not putting much truth in yourself anymore, and so you're not feeding that fire. And then on top of that, not only are you not adding more to this fire to keep it going, but then you're probably pouring some water on it with all this other stuff that you're doing, right? With all these other distractions, these other lies that you're believing, will we'll pour water on that fire and put it out even faster, and so Paul's urge, my urge to you, is that keep feeding that flame. Keep putting truth in. And that's, that's the best thing, right? The best thing to feed that flame is going to be truth. And, and that can come in a couple of different forms. Truth in the form of Scripture, like studying Scripture on your own, will fan that flame even more. Will make it bigger and bigger and bigger. Studying Scripture, getting Scripture in your life. Studying the Word of God worship worship is based in truth the whole all that we are singing when we worship when we are singing worship music is the songs that are filled with truth right if you pay attention to those words the reason that we are singing these things is we're singing truth and we're plugging more truth into our life biblical community other people that would speak truth to you that's why we have small groups here that's why we break into groups when we're done here in a minute. So that you would have other people that would speak truth into you, your leaders, and hopefully your your peers around you, that you would speak truth into each other, not just here on Wednesday nights, but like Brandon was saying when he was leading, that weekly, like throughout your week, you would have people that you know, that you trust, that you love, that would speak truth in your life when you need to hear it. All these things—they're what fuel this fire. They're what keep the flames burning. And if you don't do those things, then that fire is going to go out. And so as we go through 2 Timothy, you'll see that Paul, as he's talking about fanning this flame, as he's talking about feeding this fire to Timothy, he will talk a ton about Scripture. And how important it is to know it well, to handle it accurately, how how he says a few times in here, and, and to preach it. He's saying the way we handle this, this truth is what will keep this fire going. And then to cap it all off in this section, verse 7, he says, For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And so he reminds Timothy at the beginning what the purpose of all this is. Life in Christ. That you can't find life outside of Christ. You can't. You can look for it all you want, but you will never find life, real life, outside of Christ. He shows them how much he cares about them. He reminds them of their relationship and how much he cares. He reminds them of the roots of his faith. He encourages him to feed the flames of this fire. And then finally, he reminds them of the power that's within him. He reminds Timothy of the power that is within him. As a believer, as someone who has trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ, This is the power that we all have, the power that we all share. And it's not a spirit of fear, not a spirit of timidity, as some versions say, not a spirit that makes us easily fearful. Again, think about the context of what Paul is writing in. Paul is writing in a time where there's lots of people that are afraid that they're going to die because they're believing in Christ. And because of that fear, because they are easily afraid, they are backing off and they're saying, okay, I'm just going to lay low for a while. I'm not going to talk about this stuff. Paul's saying the opposite. He's saying, you do not have a spirit that is fearful. God has put a spirit inside of you that is powerful, a spirit of love, a, power, a spirit of power, a spirit of love, a spirit of self-control. That in Christ, we are given a spirit of power, Romans 8, 11. It will keep coming back. That the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you, Zay. If you have trusted in Christ, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you, bro. Like in you. You know, like the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is is in me. It has nothing to do with the fact that I get to stand on this stage. I love that I get to because I get to yell at you, and and hopefully you'll 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 take some of this truth and you'll apply it to your life. But this, all of you sitting there, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in you, Jonathan. The same power. Like, that is so powerful. It is not a little thing. It's literally the power that conquered death. The whole reason that we sing, the whole reason that we sing these songs, the whole reason we talk about having victory in Christ and that, oh, death, where is your sting? That same power is in us. Not just once a week on Wednesday nights for, for two hours and a half, Right? Like, you get this power for two and a half hours, and then once you step out of these doors, it's gone. No, he says that's in you, and it's living in you every single day, every hour, every minute, every second of your day. That is in you if you have trusted in the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's in you. You have access to that all the time, and that is not a spirit that is weak. That is not a spirit that is easily fearful, and so that same power is in us when you are confronted in school about what you believe that same power is in you to be bold and actually tell people what you believe and why you believe it Paul's reminding Timothy of that in this time of fear when people are backing down because of their lives might be taken most of us in this room probably aren't going to experience a time where our lives might be taken for sharing the gospel but we still are fearful and we still back down and so we still need the same encouragement that this is a spirit of power that has been given to us. I saw a glimpse of this this, this past weekend. Lauren and I got to take uh, seniors to uh, Passion in in Houston, and for those of you who don't know what that is, it's a huge conference for 18 to 25 year olds. And so mostly college students are there, and, and it was in the Toyota Center. Maybe some of you have been to watch the Houston Rockets play in, in the Toyota Center before. But I looked over one time. One, I mean, it's like tons of worship, tons of teaching. Um, And I was looking over one time in the middle of worship, and I just, we were kind of on the corner of the very top. And just kind of looked out over the crowd, right? And there's like literally thousands of people with their hands raised, like praising God with all they have. Like not just because everybody else is doing it, but like if you look, and I was like, I was looking face to face. Like if you look at each of these individual faces, so many of them, most of them, they don't care what anybody else is doing around them. They're just so focused on Christ and worshiping and praising Him, and they're going for it like, there's just thousands of them. And I was looking out in that crowd and thinking like, man. Like that's a, that's a small glimpse of how powerful this spirit is. Like literally it would bring thousands of people in a huge arena to worship Him to the point where they don't care what anybody else is doing around them, but they would fully be worshiping this God who we can't see, but we can definitely feel, and and that this is the power that is in us. And it's not some weak thing. When you watch a crowd that big, like thousands of people worshiping the same God, it's one of the things I love about that event more than others, is is you see thousands of people worshiping this God, and there's just something so powerful about that, that, that there's so many of us that really believe this, that are really living for this, and that the this, this, this spirit of power in us. He's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love. We should be motivated by our love, our love for Christ, and the love for those who are lost without him. Like if, if I really love Christ, and I really believe that he died for me, and I believe that he died for my mom, or my dad, or, or my sisters, or my brothers, and, and, and some of those people, or my cousins, or my friends around me, and some of those people don't know Christ, My love for Him and my love for them should drive me to share the truth with them. Like if I genuinely love Him and I genuinely love them, then that love should drive me to do something that some people think is crazy and and tell them about Christ. Love makes you do crazy things, right? Well, this is one thing that it should make us do as believers. It should make us tell other people about Him and give us even more boldness in doing that. And then this finally so that we don't get too out of whack here, a, sp- a spirit of self-control. And so yes, it is powerful. Yes, it is a, a spirit of love, but it's also not a spirit that's just so like, hey, go do something reckless just to go do something reckless. That's not the God that we serve either. God, we, we have a spirit of self-control, a spirit of wisdom to show us what is worth pursuing, to make us disciplined to obey God even when we don't want to to make us disciplined to obey God and to read his word even when we don't feel like it. That that's that's the same spirit that's in us too, a spirit of self-control. Spirit of power, spirit of love, spirit of self-control that's in all of us that follow Christ. And so we can feed this flame and we can continually feed this flame with the truth because of that power. Not just because you're good and you're able to do it on your own, but because of this power and this help that we have that we have. This is just the beginning. This is just the first seven verses. Uh, We'll continue next week. Actually, Jamal is going to continue next week um, and bring some truth for us next week. I'm going to pray.